Well, good morning <laughs> to everyone. Um, so my lesson today, it was actually several weeks ago in prayer. Um, the Father just had it on my heart while I was in intercession. You know, I was thinking about all the things that had come against um, us just as a house, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. And the Father was just going, you know, obviously it's not just special to us that, you know, saints all over the world, I'm sure, have different things that are coming against them and would be a point of wearing out or a point of um, a blockage for the flow of his spirit to be able to function. And so then he really just had me praying that um, regardless of what was going on in the natural or how things felt, that really their spirit man was just going to be alive and functioning in dynamic new ways and that they were going to be established really as those stylos or those pillars um, in his temple and just on behalf of his kingdom where they were. And, um, and so then, as I was praying, the father just started to bring to mind, you know, the thought about, you know, that deposit of his spirit. And he brought to mind the scripture in Matthew about the talents. And I had never considered the scripture this way. Although I say that, and then it's like after I had the thought, I was like, wait a minute. It's kind of like when I have a conversation with David, and I'm like, no, honey, you did not tell me that. And like a week later in the shower, I'm like, oh, he did tell me that. And I have to go back and say, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and so, you know, maybe it was a day or two later, I thought, well, wait a minute. Does this sound familiar? Like, was this something that was released by Pastor Ron at a conference? And I just don't remember all the details. And I thought, but you know what, Lord? Even if it was the way you were bringing it to mind that I'm just trusting that this is either it needs to be revisited or there's a fresh point of revelation in this that you want to remind us of in this time frame. And so that's how this came about. <laughs> and so what it is, is in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30, it's one of the parables. And Jesus is talking about, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he's talking about the different talents that were given to the different servants. And what the father was you know, talking to me about is that these talents actually had to do with that deposit of his spirit that he's placed within each of us. And, um, and I'll read through. Oh, you know what? I didn't get a scripture sheet, did I? Just because I put all the little notes in mine, but that's okay. I can. Oh, okay. Thank you. So. And so I'll read through once, and then I'll go through and pull it apart. And then it says in verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and had hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thee, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathereth, gathereth where I have not strawed. 
Thou oughtest, therefore, to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take, therefore, the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, um, and going back to verse 14 at the beginning, it's, um, you know, when he's talking about, well, there was a couple things, but I'm going to start with, you know, you've got the word good there at the top of your sheet, goods rather. And it's talking about, you know, the Lord or the ruler overall comes and he delivers. And the word for delivered is actually paradidomai which is to come near and surrender or to entrust or to give over unto them his goods. And the word here for goods is hyperconta. Or I don't know, because when you look at how it's done phonetically, it's like it has hupo arco as like the, what it roots back to. So I don't know if it's really supposed to be hupo, but it looks like hyper. Anyways. Um, so, and this has to do with something, things extant or what's in hand. So in other words, your property or the possessions, the goods that one actually has, um, or the substance. And it roots back to um, two different words, which is hupo, which we're familiar with because that's that point of remaining under. And then arco, wait, arco mai, which has to do, it goes back to arco, which is um, to commence an order of time or from the beginning, so that first thing. And, um, you know, it talks about, you know, like to be first in political rank or to reign over. And so if you're applying this and you're looking at this um, scripture as the master or the Lord being the father and us being the servants, really it's that point. Let me find just so I, because I wrote it out. Um, all right. So the whole thing in walking through it, you know, is when you look at verse 14, you know, it says when he calls forth his servants, this is in essence, you know, the, and, and so it's interesting because I think in the past you think about this being, um, I don't know, maybe it was just me. You thought about it being, you know, oh, well, the father's like the kingdom of heaven, you know, that kind of salvation aspect. He calls us all. But in this case, a servant has to do with somebody who is already bound, obviously, to this individual. So, and he, um, you know, he's calling forth those that have bound themselves to him, not those who are a stranger to his ways. And we know because of teachings and just the insight the Father has given us that every individual has a deposit of the Spirit of the Father within us, and that it's when we're born again that this spirit is made active and alive. And so it's then in this point of liveliness that the Father entrusts us with the understanding of the partnership with him and his desires that come when we stay under or we submit to that which he intended from the beginning of time. And so, you know, that's where the whole, the staying under and that from that first thing come together. Um, you know, and the other thing he brought to mind when you think about it, you can't taint this deposit of his spirit. <laughs> you may not grow in it, but this is his spirit that he's placed in everybody. And so our responsibility then as sons is to make sure that this deposit, that once it's been enlivened because of our commitment to being a son, that we are continuing to grow that deposit. And as you read through scripture and then you see what happens when you don't. <laughs> um, and so all of that to say, it's interesting because as you continue to read through, it says, let me find out. Um, okay. And when it says, and he gave to one, you know, we talked about that being that didomai or that bestowing um, five talents. And talents just has to do with a weight. You know, it re references it back to a coin, but um, like a burden, because it's a certain weight or a sum. Um, and 
when he gives them out, you know, one individual gets five, one gets two, and the other gets one. But what that has to do with, and it says according to severally. Well, that word severally is actually separate or own. It's eidos, which means, you know, your individual and then dunamis is what ability is. So your individual point of functioning is what determined how much of the spirit was being, I want to say, grown in you or um, entrusted to you. And so, and then what I found interesting is it says, and straightway took his journey. And it's almost like the master himself was exhibiting what he wanted these servants to do with what he had deposited in them, because the word straightway is eutithime. And when it says took his journey, it just means to visit a foreign land. So he himself was setting off to do what was sown in him. Oh, let me see. I worded it somewhere else. Let me, <laughs> so let me just look at it this way. So he took the good thing that had been sown in him, and that's what he was going forth into these foreign lands to then establish, you know, continue to establish. Just like he'd given it to these servants, he tithed into them. I mean, it doesn't use the word tithe, but when you give a piece of yourself, <laughs> which is what this goods is about, you know, it's what you possess, you're giving that, and it was in alignment with his intent. Well, that's what the Father has done. His spirit is obviously aligned with his original intent from the beginning of this earth. So when he deposits that in us, there's that aspect, you know, you think about, you know, and you always wonder, you know, what is it in you that longs to know more of the Lord? What is it that really some people seem to have the hunger? And then the Lord is saying, well, it's not so much that, it's his spirit that's in us that's longing to be expanded. It's longing to be utilized in a point of partnership with us as sons. And so that's um, that part of us that is always reaching, you know, that part that it talks about, you know, um, having, I was just thinking about, you know, having that part stirred, that it's really his spirit within us. And, um, and so, let me come back here. <laughs> so then when you go down to Let's see, verse 15, and it says, um, or I'm sorry, verse 16, and it said, then he that had received the five talents, and the word for received is lombano, and we know that's that, it's like it's a taking hold of, it's a seizing, it's not just a, okay, well, you can give it to me if you want, it's you've understood what's being invested, and you're partnering with, partnering with that, and so you take hold. And then it says he took the five talents and, um, and went. And again, so, and that word for went has to do with um, to be pierced or an experience as by trial. And so it's like, and then he went to those places where he knew that there would be, um, there was going to be like a, a pressing or there was going to be a trial I'll make sure I'm wording it right, <laughs> in order for the work of the Lord to be accomplished. Because it says he, he went and traded. And the word for traded is ergon. And it just means to, um, to work, to toil, but to minister about or to be engaged in. And he did it with the same, meaning with what was given him. And the word for same is autos. So it's like to breathe unconsciously or naturally. So it's like what he set about to do because he had seized that spirit that was within him, it was, like, it was natural for him then to move in the spirit of the Lord. It was like breathing for him. But in that point of moving, he went out. He didn't stay where he was. He went out. He was in places that he was going to be pressed, in places that were going to pierce him. But in that piercing, it was going to expand that spirit um, that was within him. And he ministered in partnership with this aspect. And, um, and it goes on to mention, too, that the, um, you know, and likewise, he that had received two also gained the other two. And it's the same thing as far as, you know, having 
Well, and actually it's interesting because that word for received, when it says he would receive too, they actually don't use lumbano there. But, um, but I think it's understood. Let me... I think they just say received, but I mean it, yeah, I didn't put it in there. But, you know, when he gained, it means to win. So, you know, as a result of going out, because it said likewise, so a result of going out and being in those places that in essence would pierce any old mindsets or anything that would keep you in that point of ministry from being able to expand, you know, it's being in those places so that can occur. And then it goes on to say, but he that received won, and it's the same word lumbano. So he actively took hold of this one talent. He went, and the word for dig, it's just to burrow um, in the earth, and he hid. And the word hid is apocrypto. So he departed from those secret, the uh, depths of the Lord. And the way I, the way I word it here, let me, I'll read what I had. Um, so the, what the Lord had talked to me about is that, you know, we know it's all about the journey. We have to go out as the Lord directs into the places and atmospheres that are going to press us and cause our old man to be pierced and our flesh to die so that the spirit man is going to continue to grow and mature. And um, we know it's about going out with the burden of the Lord to accomplish his purpose you know, even as in the beginning of the scripture, we saw the master himself go out. Um, and so in accordance with that good purpose that was in him, go out into the foreign nations. And um, again, we have to invest and move in the spirit as if it's an automatic function for us, like breathing our very next breath. And when we take communion, you know, that's in essence what we're committing to <laughs> afresh every time that we're participating with the unleavened bread because the whole idea is that you're setting aside the yesterday's truth for the fresh word that the Father wants to give you. You know, in the piercing of that, and correct me if I'm remembering incorrectly, but the idea of the piercing is just that anything that, um, you know, I get the piercing of the flesh, just that constant having to die to self to set aside you know, that old truth, that old way for that fresh new thing Father needs to give you. And, um, and really in that fresh word from God, you then employ it into the foundational truths of what we've learned of him. And that becomes that building, that line upon line. And so, but the individual with the one talent, he abandoned this really, this point of depth of fellowship. And in turn, he abandoned his divinely envisioned identity and the authority that was gained therein. Because when you depart from that crypto, you know, we know that that crypto is all about your identity. And so um, really what was occurring is he was departing from the opportunity to receive divine revelation and creativity and his point of partnership and identity. And in essence, he hid the point of the understanding of the application, you know, the revelation of the Lord, of who his identity was, of really any other point that would expound upon that initial understanding of identity um, instead of allowing it to be expanded in himself and then in turn expanded to the nations that he was to go out to. And so, um, you know, and then I was just thinking too about, you know, the scripture that talks about, you know, that creation, you know, it groans and it waits for the manifestation of sons. And that's because that manifestation it's that liveliness of the Father. It's his spirit that's in us that's being made manifest, you know, and if his glory has been deposited in the earth and it can only function when that spirit that's in us is functioning to bring about restoration, it's like, well, no wonder it groans. It's, again, it's that when you think about it as being his spirit and that's wanting for there to be completeness and wanting for there to be function and restoration, and then you just realize I mean, we know that his spirit is in us, but it really puts that burden back on. Once it's enlivened, we have to make sure we're growing his spirit because it's not just about us. <laughs> you know, it's that concept, and I'm jumping ahead, but, you know, when dad was speaking the other week about that, that mustard seed, you know, and as it grows, that tree changes the atmosphere of the garden that it's planted in, and that's our job. 
And we know that we're supposed to change the atmosphere, but it all stems from allowing that spirit to be expanded and to be grown. And, um, all right. and so then if you go down to verse 19, oh, let me see where I am. Okay. And it says, And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so the word for time there is chronos. And the word for reckoneth, it actually, again, it's made up of two words. One is scenario, which means to make up or come together to compute an account. And it's also made up of logos. And so we know that logos is that foundational word of purpose that then as we build on it, you know, as the Father Legos to us, other truths we continue to build on. And so it's, it's like, you know, when the, the Lord comes back, it's like he's taking stock of how that foundational point of purpose, that foundational point of identity has been how these servants have bared that burden to see it grow in a line-upon-line fashion and then expand the kingdom on earth. And um, which would only have been possible if they had experienced the growth in their spirit man. And this is then when you get into the account of how the servants, you know, or this is where the account comes of the servants saying how they've partnered with and invested deposited his spirit. I feel like I said that really fast. How the servants have deposited <laughs> the investment of his spirit within them, you know, how that's looked. And so, um, and it says, and he that received five talents came... Um, sorry, when I've got all my little things in here, I've got to find it to... <laughs> came and brought other five talents. And, you know, and came has to do with... He came, he presented himself, you know, which is like an act of worship. Um, and, he, and he actually legoed, meaning he was able to lay out in a foundational way what had been placed in him and then how he had built upon that. Because he legos to the Lord... Um, let's see, saying, Lord, thou deliverest. So he, again, he recognizes that he was invested into and that what he had had been a point where the father had yielded himself. Um, and he said, five talents, behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And again, that word for gained is cardonio, which is to win. And for more, it talks about olos, which is different, you know, and I thought that was significant because, again, when you're building, you don't keep building the same thing over and over. It's you have that foundation, and on it, the Father is giving you new and fresh revelation that's building upon that foundational point. Go ahead, Mom. So that word gain talks about um, winning. You're right, but it also talks about that arises from shunning or escaping from evil. So it's really about overcoming. Right, right. And that's, again, if you're going to be in, in places that press you, you're going to have to overcome because that overcoming is what then allows the spirit man to be expanded. It's what causes um, the growth. It's what allows you to, because it's like if you never overcome, then that point of grace, you can't move forward to get the new thing that you then build upon if you're stuck. And you just realize, I don't know. Again, it's not things that we don't know, but just the, the weightiness then of really needing to overcome because lots of things we know can keep us back. I mean, obviously bitterness is one of those and probably most prevalent and easy to identify, but that if it keeps you from moving forward on that path of grace because you can't overcome that mindset because you know, maybe you've judged, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but, you know, as the one servant that you just judged that, oh, well, I can't sew here because of how things have been presented previously versus, again, overcoming a mindset of how you might enter into something for what the Lord has asked you to do. If I said that well, go ahead. Yeah, that's basically what I was going to uh, comment on is the fact that uh, this overcoming has to do with what the third servant did. Yeah. I mean, he, he did not overcome. He, he succumbed to that um, uh, pressure of uh, fear and of doubt, and the uh, Lord called him lazy. He, mm. he, was, he was just 
he just didn't muster himself to to press forward. He was just wanting to to wait and and uh, basically do what he wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Take the easy. That was easy road. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's not. It, Carmen said it's not love. So. Um, all right. And so. Um, and so as he's presenting this to the Lord, his Lord says unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the word there for said isn't lego, but it's actually feme, which just has to do, it comes from phos, which we know light and feano. But again, to make known one's thoughts, to say or affirm. And he said, well done, thou good. And good there is agathos. So meaning you who are important to the heart of God, because of how you have partnered with my spirit, what you do is important to me. Um, and faithful, which is pistos, servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. And so the word there for few things is oligos, which is actually puny in duration, so meaning brief or a season, which I think is very appropriate considering just earlier, you know, he's talking about on that Kronos timetable, you know, he's gone long after he's been gone a long time. But then when he comes back, that time frame that they were serving him is actually viewed as very short. It's just a season of time that they are um, going out. And he says, um, I will make thee ruler, which is the word cat histeme, over many things. And, you know, cat histeme is, again, being appointed or to be laid down in a, um, in this case, over many, many more um, points of, I think, responsibility and authority in the spirit. Um, let's see, sorry, because I got, <laughs> this got printed front to back, and so I'm like, wait, where's my, um, right? And I just said, because, yeah, the servant's investment and faithfulness to the Spirit's work in and through him. He's able to speak to how he was, how he has overcome, what is the word I used, to build in a line upon line fashion and expand the truth of the Father in his appointed time. And, um, you know, the Father then appoints him in a permanent position over much more in the Spirit and welcomes him to continue on the path of grace set before him or to enter into the new. Because when he says, enter into my joy, or enter into the joy. The word there for joy is kara, which is cheerful, but we know that ultimately it roots to grace, which is, you know, that expectancy of the grace of God and the pathway of obedience and progressive nature of his will. Oh, go ahead. I find it interesting that this is not the end of a journey. No. This is just, and because you read this and... You've just gone, oh, well, that's a, okay, that's a this good story. This is when you get into heaven. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. This, is, this is the end of the story. But really what you just said is this is a continuing pathway. Right. So this was a point of, as you said, a season of testing, really. A season of testing and overcoming and in expansion. those adverse situations. And then as you expand and, and overcome, the Father says, well done, Continue. Exactly. There's more to do. And so there, it's a never-ending process. And I think that's what, you know, this was really trying to hit home for us and, and for the, the sons is that this is, what, this, is, this, is a seize, this is a snapshot of what I'm asking you to do. Right. But the reality is in that Kronos timeline, this is gonna, they're going to have many of these along the way. And so this is just, you know, this is what happens when you have those who overcome and those who don't. Right. But it's always, the journey continues. Well, that's just it. And so even if you've overcome once, it doesn't mean you don't have to keep overcoming because otherwise then you're back in that position of the servant with the one who went and hid what he had. And so, and that's, I think that reality too, that you know, just because that spirit is alive, our commission, our opportunity as sons is to allow it to continually be expanded and grown because that's really the only way for us then to go forth to the nations, to go forth as he instructs, because we need that new thing. You know, we need 
that point of um, faith in us expanded. Because really, you know, in Ephesians, continue in prayer always, and you know, so you can build up your most holy faith. Well, praying in the Spirit is where that point of faith comes. Because when we're in that point of commune in the Spirit, that's where we're hearing from the right hand. That's where our faith is being built. So in order to hear his spirit in us has to continually be expanded, and we have to continue to move forward in that new point of understanding and that new point of application and an overcoming. So, because anywhere along the way, like we said, if you don't continue to expand and continue to overcome, and then you take what he's given you, and for whatever reason, whatever fear that may overcome you, and say, oh, well, you know, kind of like the servant with the one, I can't go and do this because these people have you know, this is their perspective of God, and oh, it's that he's harsh, and you know, he's gathered where he's not reaped, or reaped where he's not sown, you know, meaning God will use other things that maybe he didn't specifically plant it, but to then bring forth those people who would join him in partnership, you know, and if someone's going, oh, well, the enemy started that, so I can't speak, there can't be a point of redemption, and I guess that's another way to look at it, you know, is if the enemy's trying to take this point of identity and twist it. Maybe he has a person or a group of people functioning in a certain mindset, and we might look at that and say, oh, well, because the enemy started that, that's too far gone. And God is going, well, no, because the essence of who I am is still there. My spirit is in them. The, father, the enemy has just twisted it. But you can take this point of knowledge and turn it so that it functions again. But if we look at that and we just see it as, oh, well, there's just there's just no way if I come in with this truth, then in essence, even if we've expanded to this point, you're bearing what, you know, that crypto, what will speak to that point of identity in them. And so, um, okay. So if I keep going, and it talks about, and he that had received the two talents came and said, you know, and it's the same thing, Lord, thou deliverest, thou, you know, um, paradidomai, Yielded unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And it's the same message. The Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. And I think, too, it's that point of encouragement that if we look at ourselves and the Lord is expanding us, but we look at our expansion and we think, ah, oh, but it's not like, you know, some of the other leaders in the Saints Network who just, every time they speak, whatever comes from their mouth is just, you know, but the Father's going, if you're being faithful with what, I've given you in accordance with your point of function, and that's what you're expanding on. The message at the end is still the same. <laughs> you know, well done, good and faithful. You are precious to my heart. You have expanded my kingdom. You have expanded what I've asked you, your, my spirit within you. You know, come and take that next step of grace with me. And doesn't this also speak to every joint supplies? Yes. So Absolutely. you can't, you know. And that word for um, well done is ooh, mm-hmm. which always talks about the good purpose of God. So he's, he's just saying, this is what you're, you're functioning in the good purpose of the Lord. You're making, you know, you're making uh, beneficial uh, work is occurring on behalf of the good purpose of the Lord in the kingdom. Yes, thank you. Because I actually had put the EU in there and then I forgot to mention it. Um, okay. And then we get to verse 24. And it says, Then he which had received the one talent came and said. And I think it's interesting that when he said, he is not Legoing. <laughs> he is, let's see. Where are we? Yep, he's just speaking. And I'm trying to find over here where I have my, okay, yeah, just Epo. He just said. Um, Lord, I knew, so gnosko, and that's kind of that, you know that you know, that thou art a hard man. And hard there just has to do with dry or fierce, um, harsh, scleros is actually the word that's used. Um, you know, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And he said, and I was afraid, which is phoeb, phoebe. Phobia, it's like phobia would come from it. but um, And again, it just has to do with being in terror, but also it notes, you know, to be in awe. Um, and like he said, he said, I went and I hid thy talent in the earth. 
and lo, there hast echo thine, that is, or that is thine. And so echo, we know, has to do with really when we've taken in what comes from the heart of God, and then that's what we declare back, or we echo back. And so it's almost like in this instant, the servant, instead of taking in, although he'd initially grabbed hold, he didn't really take it on to where what was coming out of his mouth was echoing from the Father's heart. It was almost like he handed it back to him and said, okay, this is what I grabbed hold of. I'm going to give this exact thing back to you because this, this is yours. And when it says this is thine, it actually talks about thy friend, which just made me think of, you know, Freno, again, that point of um, identity. But it's like, okay, you gave it to me, and I'm giving you that back exactly. I didn't invest in it. It wasn't expanded, but giving it back. And it's almost like that initial deposit of whatever his spirit is, that's all you're giving back. Nothing has been grown. You've not partnered. You're just handing it back over. Um, And it says, and his Lord answered and said, and even here, he's just saying, he's echoing unto him, thou wicked. And it's interesting because the word wicked is ponos, which actually has to do with starving or poor. So he recognizes that he's lacking, you know, and slothful there is akneros, which means to be tardy or to be slow. So, you know, you're starving and you're kind of late to the game. You know, you've not made it along that path of grace. You've not moved forward. You know, thou knewest, and that's the word ido, that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I, where I straw not. And, um, and it's like this servant Again, because these were people who, as a servant, somebody who was bound to him, he already knew how God operated. He knew um, that how the master worked. He'd been through that initial redemption experience, and he understood, in essence, the cost of what it was. Um, and yet, again, that fear of any number of things, he let hold him back so that there was no new point of building on the Logos. And he couldn't echo any new thing to the Father. He couldn't reflect back any point of expansion. Um, And it was just like he gave back, like, here, I gave you a quarter, I give you back your quarter, sort of, in essence. And it's interesting because this idea of taking um, stock of having known the cost oops, is in these other scriptures. Did you have something you were going to say, Mom? On, um, let me find it. What are the other scriptures? She here. Okay, yeah, so Luke 14, 25 through 33. And I put it under, you know, setting aside our goods, but... It talks about, starting in verse 25, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own wife also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple." For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him in twenty with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, and this is actually that word hyperarchanta, which is goods, he cannot be my disciple. You know, and so it's, it's interesting because it's that same concept of you count the cost. You know, you know what it's going to require before you go in. And so, you know, this servant, he knew. He knew what the cost was. He was willing to take hold of it, but then he let the fear of what that cost was going to be overcome him versus overcoming that fear. Because as, you know, the scripture in Luke says, if you don't overcome 
then people are going to look, you know, and they're going to say, let's see, <laughs> let's see. You know, the people will mock you. You know, you you had a you talked about this, but what what's happened now? You know, you talked about this relationship with God and how He was all knowing and strong, or, or even, um, you know, because if you're in this point where you've grabbed hold, you've been walking the walk, and so people know that. But when they don't see growth, people can tell when there's no growth, and they may not mock you to your face, but you certainly hear people going well, look at them. They're just afraid as everybody else, or what do they have that's any more um, point of overcoming? You know, they're suffering like we are. It really comes down to that. I think we're seeing that now. We're being challenged by that ourselves. In the atmospheres that arise, how do we respond? Right. You know, and so do we respond just like the world, out of emotions and out of fear or whatever else is coming again, uncertainty, I mean, whatever it is, or do we respond out of our identity, the Absolutely. pureness of our identity? Absolutely. So, um, and so then in verse 27, he goes on, the master goes on to say, Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And it's interesting because the word put, you think, oh, put my money, but it actually means to throw or cast. So, um, and what was interesting is the word for money is silver, which kind of goes back to you know, when he said he hid his money, again, silver being that point of um, authority that the Father wants to give you, but also that point of identity and that understanding, you know, having the proper knowledge and application. Um, What is the word I want? Yeah, the proper understanding of wisdom, you know, how to apply the intent of the Lord. And he was saying, you know, even if you had taken that to the exchangers, and then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. And, um, and if anyone else has any different insight, because, you know, the word for exchangers there was just trapezites, which it talked about a banker. And if you rooted it back, it did talk about like a table with four legs as if to prepare food. And, and I was going, okay, Lord, I'm not quite sure you know, that gifting then, if you take that point of his spirit and that point of wisdom and you throw it to, I'm not, honestly, I'm not quite sure who the, the bankers would necessarily represent that would then come forth because it says, then at my coming, I should have received for my own usury. Well, usury has to do with like producing as a seed or to bring forth or travail. So you think about something being birthed or brought forth um, that would still be more than what was originally there but at the hand of the exchangers. Go ahead. I think it's really talking about the beginning of something. To, to um, you know, even, even if you didn't fulfill everything, there's something started. It was a new thing that was begun, and, and it had potential. It had the, the direction that was going to bring uh, a return. Right. Well, I guess even if you didn't bury it, if you at least had, you know, you said, okay, well, I have this point of spirit and some effort to throw that truth out, I guess, to whoever would be hungry and take it in, and then it would create something in them that the Father would grow, whether or not you expounded upon it yourself, but that he would have used that that point of his spirit to expound in somebody else. Well, this matches up with what Peter and John, you know, we don't have money to give you, but what we do have, we will give. And so... Um, they they gave that cripple the potential for a new life that was more than what he could have gained if they had given him a whole sack of cash. Right. Well, and I think, too, now as I'm standing here, again, if you're talking about the application of the, the wisdom of the Lord, you know, even if you just throw out that initial point of understanding, you know, you're speaking it forth to somebody who, even if they want to use it in a fashion that may initially not align that from that, because it's that point of the Father's spirit, there's going to be a point of growth come from it, you know, whether you've been the one there to have it nurtured in you or not, had you at least even put that forth, there would have been growth. Right. Because the word exchangers talks about paying uh, interest on a deposit. Right. And then even that word usury is talking about offspring or birth. So you're talking about expansion. There would be some sort of expansion. Some point of expansion. Right. Right. Within my children. Right. 
And I think that just aligns with what's been going through my head is, you know, Paul talking about, well, what Apollos planted, I watered. You know, there's, there doesn't have to be where you, and we've talked about this, about giving words, you know, sowing into people's croup dough. That doesn't mean you have to cultivate it. That doesn't even mean you have to make sure that it gets to fruition. Your point was just being faithful and delivering right. the word. Because if you don't deliver it because you're afraid of how it may be received or not be received, and somebody would look at you and say, you know, oh, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, any number of things that they would just take what, you're, what you would speak as truth and twist it or do whatever. It's not your job to manage how they use that truth, but it is your job to deliver it and then allow his word that doesn't return void to be what brings about the expansion. Um, and just to interrupt, it, mm-hmm. it makes me, this is kind of what Jonah did. I mean, he, he was, didn't he want to give the word out he, and he then he didn't want to give the word because he was like, those people aren't even going to do anything with it. And then, you know, he had his come to Jesus moment and he went and gave the word. And then he's like, well, now I want to see, I want to see the firefall. And it's, but that word actually grew. It became that mustard seed, that tree, and it changed the atmosphere and then he still wasn't happy with that. But it's like, it's like that same progression that he did. You know, it's, you just got to be faithful. And I think that's what this man with the one talent was. He, because, of, because he didn't overcome, he was overcome. And right. so then he became of no use to the kingdom because he chose, he thought he could stand still and be okay. Right. And that's just it, you know. And so when he, and then when verse 28, when it goes on and says, take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath, the word for hath there is echo, 10 talents. And for every one that hath, which is also echo, shall be given, and he shall have an abundance. But from him that hath not, or him that echoes not, and the word for not is just that absolute denial or lack, meaning there is no point of being able to echo back that from what you've received from the Father um, shall be taken away even that which he had, even that point of echo that he was initially given. And, and cast, so again, eject or put forth the unprofitable or the useless, because that's what that means, servant into outer darkness, where, and it says there shall be weeping, so lamentation, sobbing, and gnashing, um, of teeth, so a grating of teeth and pain, and teeth talks about to eat, you know, and I just think it's that when you then don't have any strong meat to continue to grow or sink your teeth into, it's almost like then just this worrying, this worrying because you don't even have that initial point of his spirit in you to have um, any assurance or identity or authority because even that is taken. And, you know, you're put out where there's just obscurity, where there's no understanding of identity. And so when that happens and then life happens, you're there with everyone else wringing your hands and grinding your teeth because you don't have that ability to echo forth the Father's heart. But for those who have been walking in that, well, of course it's added to them because they understand. They've moved forward in grace so they can receive that, oh, Carmen took it, that next new aspect um, that would allow for his expansion. Go ahead, Carmen. Um, I just want to make sure your point was in because that was good. You're doing this is awesome, um, and that spirit that God gives us and He takes back later is interesting because it makes me think after reading this, maybe the reason He takes it back because that seems sort of strange, right? Is because He's trying to grow your own spirit with Him, meaning. I don't know, maybe there's something to that, like like he's stimulating something that's going to move forward by giving you his spirit, but he wants to grow a new spirit in you that's going to go on in heaven when he gets you to heaven or something. It's like there's something to that. It just seems sort of odd to me that he would take it back, you know? <laughs> because that's, that's the only thing we're known by. Mm-hmm. We're known by what our spirit accomplished or didn't accomplish on earth, but we're known, we're identified. It's not like our bodies are going to be up there. It's not like right. our feelings and our emotions are going to be in heaven. It's only going to be our spirits, spirit. or our spirits are what will be continually reminded in hell that they missed the purpose of the Lord every single day of eternity. Right. You missed every opportunity that was presented, and that's kind of what's happened to this guy, it, and it 
it goes back to that once you've tasted of the good, the goodness of the Lord, and I forget the whole, all the rest of it, but and then you've you've basically abandoned it, you've stepped away from it, you know, you're you're on that downward slide to this position where you are no longer able to reflect light because there's no light in you. Right. You're and so you're you know you not only don't have any light to reflect, you have no understanding, like you said, to go with it. And so that's when you end up, you're reminded every, I mean, it's an earthly response, like you said, where things happen and you're no different than the world in your response, but it's also an eternal. If you read right. further on, on other scriptures, it's an eternal measure too, where you're reminded every single day that you, you had for eternity that you threw the purpose of the Lord away, that you did not take advantage of what God called you to do, I, you know, and instead you've got whatever you're faced with, you know, but right. I mean, even if you're not in hell fire, but you're, I mean, there's still going to be in that the obscurity of, in the dark. Yeah. Cause they yeah. talk about at the wedding feast, you know, they don't say hell, they'd be thrown into the outer darkness. Well, right. Right. That's where, where there's no new understanding. There's exactly. no new revelation. There's no new. Well, your spirit's forward. never yeah. been grown to be able to function in that. Exactly so there's nothing it. for you to there's go forward to with in eternity with right. your spirit, except to be in a, la a point of lack of understanding. Right. And you're like, oh, go ahead. The guy with the one talent uh, makes me think about the missed opportunity that um, the people that would not participate with Moses, you know, they had... Um, this opinion of God being something reverent, uh, dangerous, marvelous, but stay over there kind of thing. And then in the flesh, they even missed the opportunity to grow. How many? 40 years? And they never made it into the promised land. So, right. hello. No, that's very true. Because... This guy is saying, I know you were tough. I know you're stern that, that there's nothing gets by you. You are purpose-driven, and this is all you're going to do. And yet, instead of being drawn to want to be pulled into that, he's keeping that distance, just like you said, and going, but that's too hard. Right. You know, I, I've, I've gotten to this point, but what you're... What you're requiring me to do at this point is just too hard, and I'm going to take the easy way out. I just, and that's that mindset of it doesn't, it requires too much. Haven't I given enough already? What more can he want for me? You know, I don't really want my spirit expanded, but it's almost like in that point, not realizing that you're rejecting the expansion of the spirit, you just think you're rejecting, I don't know. But you know, then ultimately that's what happens. And in rejecting that, then you reject your responsibility in eternity because that's, yeah. But I also think that comes back to, it reminds me of you know, your first love. Because really, when you're in that point of, of relationship, I mean, before we stepped into sonship, there was something within us that said, Lord, I know there's more, whatever you want to do. It was his do. spirit. Yeah. yeah, it was his spirit. Whatever you want to do, that spirit within me is crying out that I just, I don't want to miss you. I don't mm -hmm. want to miss what you're doing next. And that... You know, that, that's what's been driving us, that spirit. But I think it's also, you know, when you're able to stand up and walk away from it, like this man, and say, you know, or even the, the, the Israelites out in the desert, you know, just like, that's, how much more do you want me to give? Well, do you look at your children and go, how much more do you need? You know, what can I possibly give you? I've given you everything. You know, we don't do that with our kids. You know, and, and then I'm be, being very natural right now. <clears throat> But you don't do that with your spouse either. You don't look at them and go, I've done all this. What more can you want from me? You know, really, there's supposed to be that give and take. And, it, and you know, maybe people do get there. But there's also that point. <laughs> you know, that's, that's our relationship with God. You know, we come, with, come to him, and that's when, you know, you look at the scriptures that talk about, you know, if I, do, if I speak in tongues without agape, if I speak, you know, that really is the basis for, there has to be a relationship. There has to be an investment. You know, we, he gives us that spirit, but there has right. to be that desire, that love, that first love that drives us to, you know what? You know, even when it looks too hard, you know what, Lord? But I know your good purpose, and my heart desires to have, to know you more. 
And so that's that you know physical aspect. Those people who are like, well, haven't I given enough? You look There's and go, not that passion. you know, where yeah. where's the where's that first love? You know, it's it's like the church that Paul was talking to and said, you've done all these great things, but you've left your first love. That that agape, that purpose that that's supposed to be driving your spirit is not what's driving you. Right. Well, it's interesting you say that because that's actually the last scripture on the sheet, and it's talking about, you know, the goods without agape. And it's saying, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, so agape, it profiteth, profiteth me nothing. You know, and again, that word for goods there is still, it's what you possess. But like in the general church, if what you possess, if that's what you're giving out, but it's not expanding his spirit, it's not coming from that pursuit of his heart and his ways, and that's not what's being given, then, then there's nothing there. So thank you for like surmising the, the last part. That was awesome. I didn't even have to do it. <laughs> um, oh, go ahead. Even if you don't look at it through the church, if you just look right. at it the way that we would, even though I give every bit of deposit well, you put true. within me right. to, to feed the ones that are hungry in spirit, if I'm not, and I give myself to, you know, to die, if I'm not still, if I'm not breathing hard, if I'm not pursuing your breath, then it's, then it's all for nothing. And that's just that it's that continual point. It's that continual dying and being expanded and overcoming. Because again, like we said, at any point, if you're not pursuing his purpose with it, then it just becomes just something else that you're giving, but you're not continuing on that pathway of grace. Um, and so, and then in Luke 12, 31 through 44, it just speaks to, you know, just this continual, the same idea. And it's a, a, um, a replica of what we have on the wall in Matthew six thirty three because it says, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I mean, that says it right there. <laughs> you know, sell all that you have. Sorry, it's Luke 12, 31 and 44. It's on the middle page. Um, sell all that you have, and that's our word there for goods. Sell all that you have and give alms. Provide yourself bags which wax not old. A treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approach, neither moth corrupteth. You know, and the word treasure, that's that thesaurus, you know, that we've talked about as the Father gives you expansion of understanding, you're tithing it into that, that thesaurus, that place of holding, so then it can be utilized as he directs in season. Um, and it says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Back to what Jocelyn was saying, you know, about where you tithe yourself into, your passions into, that's where, that's where your heart is. Um, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for the Lord, when he will return from the wedding. Then when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, and not have, and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler, which that's that cat, uh, histeme, over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler, same word, kat over all that he hath. And that's that 
Hypha Archonta. I just think that scripture kind of sums up everything that, you know, we've been saying. But, um, yeah, I mean, he makes you overall, overall the deposits of the earth. I mean, for that point of being faithful and pursuing his passion and expanding and overcoming. So it is past time, but that is all I have.